This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. played it before uh, but Matt Blaze informed me that uh, that we're playing this for the son of one of our listeners Brandon um, now Brandon's okay but he, he constantly accuses me of saying things inaccurate in my introductions which I'm not sure why we would reward his nine-year-old son on his birthday with bumper music selections but apparently Matt Blaze you felt we should well, he calls all the time. He, he is good, a good call. He has good he questions yeah. on Ask Frank Anything. Yeah. So why not? You know what? You're right. You know what? You know what I like about Brandon? He calls. I can actually understand what he's saying. He doesn't go on for five minutes leaving me to try to hire a private investigator to find out what point he's trying to make. There's never vacuum cleaners and garbage trucks in the background. I'm never losing him. He doesn't keep his radio on. Fair enough. So there you go. Brandon could be as critical of me as he wants. And happy birthday to his son, uh, Brandon Jr. Perhaps Brandon Jr. is in the mood for some life advice because if he is, he is listening to the right radio program. Back in April of last year, Imran Nuri quit his day job in healthcare marketing and packed his life and his belongings into his Toyota Camry and set out on an epic road trip. His goal was to photograph a thousand strangers across all 48 continental United States while asking each one of them for advice on 
life. Well, we have some questions for Imran Nuri, who is uh, kind enough to join us right now. He is a master storyteller, a photographer, an artist, a jack-of-all-trades, and uh, soon-to-be officially an author. Imran, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Thanks for having me, Frank. It's exciting to be here with you and your listeners. Imran, the pleasure's all mine. Now, uh, most important question, how is the Toyota Camry as a car these days? I mean, is it as reliable as when I used to drive it, or has it gone downhill at all? See, I feel like I need to get a sponsorship from Toyota before (laughs) I say that, but uh, the the truth is it's awesome. You know, I, I had the Camry. I couldn't afford to get a camper van, and so... I did with what I had, and, and it was actually amazing. I got some of the best sleep of my life in that front seat of that Camry. So, Imran, you uh, are in your mid to late 20s. You spent two and a half months essentially living out of your car during this uh, this project, which you call Advice from a Thousand Strangers. You quit your job. Now, it takes a lot of gumption and a lot of guts to quit your, your essentially your day job in, in healthcare marketing. Why did you do that? What, what prompted you to believe so much in this project to actually quit your day job? That's a great question. I think, I think for me, it was really just a, an intense gut feeling. I just knew it. I remember when I told my boss, I, I had only been there for six months, by the way, and I told him, uh, you know, I, I had to leave to go on this huge trip across the country to ask strangers for life advice. And he was like, oh, uh, <laughs> why now? You know? And I said, I just, I just know it has to be right now. There are so many logical reasons for that, right? I wasn't tied to a lease. I wasn't in a relationship, didn't have any family members relying on me. But also it just it felt right. After a couple of years of the pandemic, I graduated from college in the pandemic. I was like, this is the perfect time. I have to do this right now. So, you know, quitting the job was obviously risky. And at the same time, I knew that with the skills that I had and the background I had before that, uh, I felt confident that when I needed to get another job after the journey was over, that I would be able to do it, um, which was just some confidence in myself. You, uh, this cost you about $10,000. You cleared out your life savings to do this? That's right. Yeah. And I took out a personal loan. <laughs> and what was most of the money that you, that you spent during this time? I think the two biggest expenses were gas. And, and by the way, for context, you know, the Russia Ukraine war had started just a few months prior to leaving. And Lucky doubled you. the price yeah. of my gas. Yeah. Doubled the price of my gas budget. So it was gas and food. And I think I gave myself about $15 a day on average for food for all three meals. So you you shot 1042 photographs of 1019 individuals on 87 rolls of film using a 50-year-old camera. Now, why uh, why this specific type of camera? What, what sort of camera did you use and why not use the iPhone 72, which is supposed to be the most uh, state-of-the-art camera that people are carrying in their pockets these days? It would have been a lot safer and a lot less – yeah, it would have been a lot safer for me to have shot everything digitally and backed up the photos digitally and to have known 100% that they came out and looked good and I would have had a lot of options. And instead I made the insane choice to shoot it on film and not see my photos along the way and have just one photo of each of the strangers that I met, uh, which you can compare to, you know, for, for national geographic, for example, they'll take 20 to 40,000 photos for an end result of 10 to 20 photos. Uh, whereas I have one of each, which is not to say that my photos are incredible. Like some of them are, and some of them aren't, but I chose to do it because that camera 
number one is an easy conversation starter to give your listeners a, a visual. It's a twin lens camera. So if you've ever seen a, a TV show or a movie where someone's holding a little black box that has a lens on top and a lens on the bottom, that's the kind of camera I used. And it, it, it has to be shot at the waist level. And what that does for the strangers in the, in the photos when you take a photo of a person is that because you're shooting uh, at a slightly higher angle, right? You're holding at your waist and pointing it up at the stranger. It makes everybody look tall and confident. Hmm. And so for me as a photographer, as the artist of this series, I thought, how beautiful would it be that every single stranger, no matter what they share with me about their life, they look confident, they look powerful, they look like they own what they've said to me. But why not also have a digital backup just so, you know, as belt and suspenders, if a camera, if a, if a, a film negative doesn't come out or it doesn't develop properly, at least you have that digital backup. Why not have that as well? Yeah, that, part of it was me wanting to stay in the moment of the journey itself of going of living in my car and going around the country and talking to strangers. And part of it also was just a belief in kind of fate. Uh, I really told myself that if a photo didn't turn out or a person blinked in their photo, it just it just is some sign from the universe that it wasn't meant to be. And, and you know, I did as much as I could to prevent uh, poorly lit photos or people blinking. For example, I would say to, to folks, I'm going to take the photo on one. I'm going to count down three, two, one, and I'm going to take it on one. And I would go three, two, one, and snap. And because of that, out of those 1,019 strangers who I met – only nine of them blinked, uh, which is insane. Wow. Again, I only took one photo of each of them. So to have a success rate like that is partly luck and partly good planning, right? Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, absolutely. We're talking with Imran Nuri. He's the photographer behind the Advice from a Thousand Strangers series. Now, um, what? Uh, and now you're from Ohio, right? Yes. Do, how much did you travel around the country prior to this project? Not very much, honestly. I had seen very little of the country, just a little little pockets here and there. You know, I'd seen Chicago a bunch, or I'd seen Minneapolis for Cousins a bunch, but not much. And so why not just do a thousand random Ohioans and ask their advice? What, what, what made you want to go all over the country to 48 different states? Yeah, I wanted to see how the life advice I got from people. And by the way, the way I phrase the question would be like, how, what's something you know now that you wish you knew earlier? Or what's something you learned the hard way? And I wanted to compare what people said in various regions or states of the country. I wanted to see if there was a difference. And spoiler alert, there really wasn't. Yeah, I heard the same things in every region of the country 
from people of every background. And so, you know, if I only asked Ohioans, I would only be getting the Ohioan perspective, whereas going around the entire country gave me sure. the entire country's perspective. And what inspired you to solicit this specific piece of wisdom from strangers? Why life advice? If you're going to embark on a project uh, to photograph a thousand different people, why ask strangers life advice? How did that occur to you? And what was sort of, what were you looking for in terms of the advice that you were getting from these folks? I I was looking for the meaning of life. (laughs) I think, you know, when I went on the trip, I was 24 years old. Again, I graduated from college in the pandemic and I didn't even have a graduation ceremony. I sat alone in my living room watching my graduation ceremony on a laptop and then you know continued to watch a lot of people around the world die right it's a traumatic experience that we all went through together and so i think that made me think about the fragility and the shortness of life itself and so i thought what what really is the purpose to it i grew up religious and then in college kind of started to reject that and then i was like okay now i'm not really sure what the purpose is when i don't have religion and so that question really allowed people to have the platform to say here's my truth here's what i lived and here's what i had to figure out and if it applies to you great and if it doesn't that's fine too and that's the nice thing about the way i asked the question is it wasn't like give me advice as a 20 something it was more like what would you tell yourself and so when my you know, when my viewers now see those photos of strangers and read what they have to say, if again, if it applies to them, great. They feel more seen and connected to the world. And if it doesn't apply to them, that's okay too. They, that teaches them something about the way they see the world anyway. Well, no, absolutely. Now, I guess the big thing that most people are interested in is what you learned. You mentioned hearing a lot of the same things from people. Give us some of the highlights of the collective wisdom of the masses. Was there one most popular piece of advice that folks gave you? Yeah, I, I think I, you know, I still have to crunch the numbers a little bit, but, but I will say from off the top of my head, I think the most common theme had to do with being yourself and living life to the fullest in that way. I think I had so many people talk about, and this was from varying ages, whether they were in their 20s or 80s. So many people talked about how they wish they had become more of who they knew they were earlier instead of trying to conform themselves to the expectations that their family had on them or their culture or just their society, you know, and they said that when they broke free of that, that's when life really got enjoyable. I heard that over and over and over again. I think that's really beautiful. It's it's hard, easier said than done, but I saw a glow on their faces for those people specifically where you could tell they were really enjoying life in a way that not everybody does. Absolutely. People just tuning in, we're talking with Imran Nuri. He just asked a thousand strangers in 48 states to give him some advice, and uh, we're trying to find out what that advice was. You want to learn more about him, you could go to his website, ImranNuri.com, N-U-R-I.com. You, you mentioned hearing a lot of the same things from older folks and uh, younger folks. Were there any differences in trends of people who gave you advice? For instance, did um, Republicans tell you one thing and Democrats tell you another? Did, did black folks tell you one thing and white folks tell you another? Or were the were the, the, the bits of advice that you got across the board, not only along age, age lines, but gender, demographic, political, socioeconomic lines as well? 
It, yeah, absolutely. It was similar across all of those lines, which surprised me. And I, I wanted, I, I didn't want to provoke anybody in any extremely controversial ways, but I really did give them the, the platform to share whatever they wanted to share. And so sometimes people would go into little political rants or people would talk about how race has affected them in various ways. At the same time, you know, when I would ask that question, what's something you know now that you wish you knew earlier, or what would you tell your younger self? More often than not, it transcended any of those, you know, demographic barriers. And that's not to say that those problems don't exist in America, right? They absolutely do. But it was beautiful to hear how there's there's this shared human experience, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, uh, region of the country. And it's it's kind of, I see it as a beautiful thing, even when it is hardships that we all go through, because we're all going through it together. Right. It could be the person next to you on the street who's going through it. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be your family member. They're all go- we're all going through this shared lived experience. How willing were strangers that you approached to participate in this? Did you get a lot of people turning you down or did, ever, did everybody seem pretty willing to let you take their picture and give you advice? Yeah, you know, I went to great lengths to make sure that I was as approachable and friendly as possible to increase my success rate. So, for example, more visuals. I wore bright yellow Crocs for almost (laughs) the entire journey. It was just, it looked silly. And I I would like to believe that there's no way a person in bright yellow Crocs could ever harm you in any way. And so, (laughs) you know, I would wear those bright yellow Crocs and I kept a, a clean shaven face and I had a smile on my face the whole time. And of course, I would hold out my my camera, this 50-year-old camera that I think if you're not familiar with, you might think is 100 years old. And so it's also a conversation piece. And so 99% of the people I talked to and approached would at least be open to me. You know, The first thing I would say is, excuse me, can I ask you a question real quick? And 99% of the people would say yes to that. From there, I'd give them my spiel. I'd say, I'm driving across the country, talking to strangers, asking for life advice. If you have two minutes, I'd love to ask you a life question. And from there, I'd say about... 80 to 85% were willing to do it. And the rest, for one reason or another, whether they were running late to a meeting or just having a bad day would say no. And I'd never pressured people into doing it. How did you pick who you would go up to and approach? I'm, you know, it's funny. I mostly looked for people who were alone. And and that sounds a little bit creepy at first, but the truth is that uh, when I could have a one-on-one interaction with somebody, I got a much higher quality interaction than if I went up to a group. Because if you can picture, you know, me going up to, let's say, a couple and me saying, hey, what, what's something you wish you knew earlier? The first thing they do is look at each other and say, I don't know, what do you think? And <laughs> that's not the point. You know, the point isn't to get the opinion of the person standing next to you. It's to be raw and vulnerable and honest with me one-on-one. And so I would walk around downtown areas of cities and that's of any size, even like the downtown areas of uh, smaller cities and and towns, Uh, or I'd go to parks and I would look for folks who are alone and, or just walking or whatever it might've been. And again, I'd just approach them uh, slightly from a distance that they wouldn't feel like I'm in their space and just say, excuse me, can I ask you a question real quick? And people were very open to it. Do you feel that this process, asking a thousand strangers for life advice and chronicling it, do you feel that you became wiser in the process and did it change how you approach life and your overall life philosophy as a result? Oh, I absolutely feel feel wiser from it. It's interesting. I think wisdom is is less about age and more about experience. And naturally, with more age comes more experience. But you know, I'm 25 now, and I feel like I have the wisdom of somebody who's lived a full 60 year 
80 year life, you know, just because I've collected all these amazing pieces of wisdom from these strangers. But it's made me way more comfortable with the natural ebb and flow of life, the balance, the good, the bad, the in-between. You know, I think there's this idea, I don't know if it's just in America or if it's across the world, but there's this idea that life is supposed to be good all the time and and success in life is about being happy all the time. And in reality, that's impossible. And there's no advantage to being happy 100% of the time, actually. And so I've gotten a lot more comfortable with the idea that Life is going to be good sometimes. Life is going to be terrible sometimes. And life will be a lot of the in-between most of the time. And that's okay. That's the way it is. The purpose of life is to experience it fully. And I feel like if you would have told me that a year ago before doing the trip, I would have been like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but now after going through it, I'm like, oh, okay, no, I get it. That's that's totally the way life is. You have collected a lot of the wisdom from the folks that you've uh, you've put in in this project into a 640 page book, which includes not just photos but some text and some of the stories in advice from America, life advice and photos of a thousand strangers from 48 states. It's uh, available for pre order June 13th. Uh, what's the best way for people to uh, get this book? Yeah, so it's going to be on Kickstarter. If you're not familiar with Kickstarter, it's a platform that helps to raise funds for upcoming projects while also giving you first access to it. So for this, it is a pre-order of the book, but also your funds are helping to bring it to life at all. So advicefromamerica.com will take you to that Kickstarter page. Again, that's advicefromamerica.com. And that will be up for you know the rest of time, I guess, uh, <laughs> which is the URL you can go to 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 pre-order the book. All right. Imran Nuri, uh, that you could check out his website, imranuri.com. You could participate in the Kickstarter campaign and pre-order the book, Advice from America. Imran, hope we could talk again. Thank you. Thanks so much, Frank. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation or you want to offer me some life advice, I'll take it. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.